0: back to the Messy Reformation. My name is Jason Rice. I'm the lead pastor at Faith Community CRC in Beaver Dam, Wisconsin. My co-host is Willie Cronkey. He's a member at Pease CRC in Pease, Minnesota. We're just a couple of guys who love the Christian Reformed Church and want to see Reformation happen in our denomination. But we realize that anytime time Reformation has happened in the history of the church, things get messy. And as Reformation starts happening in the CRC, we're starting to see things get messy. So don't quit now. Keep fighting the good fight. If you haven't already, take a moment, click subscribe so you don't miss any of our upcoming content. We are dropping episodes every single Monday. Also, take a moment, check out our website at themessyreformation.com. We're posting our podcast there every week along with articles on a regular basis. Since last week was Thanksgiving week, we decided to take the week off to celebrate God's goodness and mercy with our families. So this week's podcast is going to be a little different. I'm sharing my Thanksgiving sermon, which is my first sermon back in the pulpit since going in the hospital about three months ago. I pray that it would be a blessing to you and a reminder of God's grace and mercy in our lives. May we always keep our eyes on Christ. Not that I always try to be super unique. I'm not. But I don't think I've ever heard a Thanksgiving sermon on this. <laughs> um, unique passage, uh, but one that's been on my heart and mind a lot over the last three months. Um, but as we come to God's word, let's come to Him in prayer one more time. Father, what an opportunity! to be here with your people tonight and just to be reminded of the many ways you pour out blessings on us. Father, we are thankful for this country in which you've placed us, this city, this church, the families that you've given us. All the blessings that you pour out on us, but Father, more important than all of that, we're thankful that you're our God. We're thankful for who you are and the way you care for us. Even if we don't see all the blessings, Lord, we're just thankful. And as we come to your word, Lord, now we, we want to hear you speak. We know that you have the words of life. And so we come to you over and over again. And so we just pray that you would meet us here in your word this morning. And that you would speak through us and through me. And that anything that would distract us from hearing what you have to say to us this morning would just be removed and that we would hear you clearly and powerfully tonight. Lord, we pray that you would open our ears to hear, our eyes to see, and our hearts to receive what you have to say to us this morning. And all God's people said, amen. So Our passage is 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10. Uh, This is the Apostle Paul writing. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I'm content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong." It's fairly obvious why that's been on my mind and heart lately. Um, It's it's an interesting experience uh, waking up in the hospital after being in a coma for a couple of weeks. (laughs) You don't know where you are, what's happening, Um, and so the nurses have this kind of routine thing that they do. They they have a list of questions that they ask you. Um, What's your name? What's your birthday? what day is it? Which is really hard to remember, even when you're clear when you're in the hospital. And then, why are you in the hospital? And they ask these questions every day, not just when you first come out, because they just, every morning they come in, they check them off on their clipboard and, and walk out the door. It's just pretty routine to make sure you're oriented to reality. Um, uh, but after a couple of days, I got tired of answering the questions over and over again, so I decided to mix it up a little bit. And so the nurse came in with her clipboard and kind of looking down and said, "Uh, what's your name? Jason. Uh, When's your birthday? March 6th. What day is it? Uh, Sometime in October. Um, Why are you in the hospital? Because I'm an idiot. (laughs) It was the best look I saw in the face of a nurse the whole time I was there. They, They looked up from their clipboard and and, of course, nurses are naturally caring and sweet. And so they're like, no, 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 you're not an idiot. You're COVID. It's because it's you got COVID. That's why. It's not your fault. And, and uh, I had to explain. My, I just kind of smiled and thought, "Well, oh, that was fun. Um, and, uh, but I had to explain myself that part of the reason I got so bad is because I thought I was stronger than I was. I'll kick it. And I waited, and I waited, and I waited, and I waited, and I waited. And so I was an idiot to think I was stronger than I was. And it's not the first time I've been an idiot (laughs) to think I'm stronger than I am. Uh, My brother reminded me of that and said, you know, 20 years ago you almost died too for something kind of similar. Stop. Um, And so God has to keep reminding me that I'm not as strong as I think we are, and it's kind of this thing inside of all of us that we all think we're stronger than we really are. We don't like to admit that we're weak, and we really don't like the word helpless. Um, I intentionally put it up there because Paul says weakness, and helpless is stronger than weakness, but helpless makes us go, ooh, I don't like that. I'm not helpless. And, And we're in this culture that really, really doesn't like helplessness or weakness because we're in a culture that's gotten rid of God. And if you get rid of God, who's left? You. And if you're just a weak little nobody and there's nothing else, that's really scary. And so we're a culture just kind of like this mantra is like, no, you're strong. You may think you're you're really strong. Just forget it. And if anybody starts to show weakness, they kind of cover it up. They pretend it's not there. Hope it kind of goes away because we have to be strong. And, and we could, ne- could you imagine anybody getting up and saying, I'm really thankful for how helpless I am. It's not something we would ever hear in our culture. And yet, it's really what Paul says. Paul doesn't even just say he's thankful for his helplessness. He says, I'm going to go around and I'm going to boast to everyone about how weak I am. And you think... I don't know if I'm going to do that. He says I'm content in it, and I'm going to go around and be like, <laughs> look at me. I'm really weak. <laughs> I'm helpless. And, you know, you talk to people about that, and some people are like, well, it's easy for Paul to say. I mean, that's the apostle Paul. His weaknesses are stronger than my strengths. I mean, this is Paul. Um, but, but look at what Paul says about his weaknesses. He says, to keep me from becoming conceited or or proud because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, he said, a thorn was given me in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me. And he says it again, to keep me from becoming conceited, keep me from becoming proud. There's a lot of talk about what the thorn in the flesh is. And uh, I'm not going to get into all of it. I'm just going to say, no matter how smart anyone is, they don't know. <laughs> we have no idea what the thorn in the flesh was. Some people think that it was a thorn in his like physical flesh, that it was a physical ailment. Paul was getting old. His body was breaking down. His eyes were starting to go bad. He talks about people making fun of him for being bald and hunched over because he was so beaten up. And some people think, oh, that was his thorn in the flesh, in his physical body. And other people say... No, it was like demonic oppression coming after him because it talks about this messenger of Satan, right? Coming after him. And so it was something really coming after him. But as I studied it more this week, my mind kind of changed on it. Um, Because Paul really likes the word flesh, doesn't he? He uses it a lot. I, I looked it up. He has 13 letters and he used it almost 100 times. And the vast majority of the times when Paul uses flesh, he's not talking about our body. He's talking about our sinful nature. I think that's what Paul's talking about here. He said I, that, that God has given me something that is reminding me over and over and over again that I am a sinner. And we hear Paul talk about that all the time, right? I'm the greatest of sinners. And he's like, there's this war going on inside of me. I want to do this. I want to do what honors God. But then... I do what God hates. And and there's this battle inside of me and Paul um, has this thing going on that's reminding him, maybe even the messenger of Satan is this whisper in his ear that you are falling short of the glory of God. And Paul says, that makes me feel helpless and weak. And that's every one of us. We all have that sinful nature kind of gnawing at us and those little whispers in our ear of how weak and helpless and how short we fall of God's glory. But Paul talks not only about this internal weakness, but he talks about the the external weakness that he has. He says, I'm content with my weakness, and then he explains it with insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. Those aren't even things that happen on the inside. Those are things that are happening to him, right? He's getting chased out of city after city. People are mocking him, trying to kill him. And he says, I'm just tired. <laughs> I'm weak. I'm worn out from life. And we are too, right? We've had a rough year and a half. We're all tired and weak. We, Larry said the, the wrong that seems off so strong, right? We look at the world and we think, God, oh, when's it going to end? I'm tired of it. I'm wore out. I'm weak. And whether we want to admit it or not, we're all really helpless, both internally and externally. I mean, if you think about it for a moment, is um, maybe not the best analogy, but I think it'll ring true. If I were to walk up to you right now, to think about your internal weakness, and I slapped you across the face, what would be your initial reaction? I bet your hand would come up. <laughs> or to make it worse, what if I walked up and I slapped your wife in the face? Man you'd be on me like a lion. (sighs) Um, Because you got this like... (laughs) My kids like it when I do that kind of stuff. Um, (laughs) There's this thing inside of you, right, where you're you're almost helpless in how you immediately respond in those moments because your sinful nature is there. And Paul says your sinful nature is waging war against the Spirit and it prevents you from doing what you want to do or what you should do and you almost feel helpless you are helpless to overcome that in, a, in yourself. And externally, we're just as helpless, right? Um, try to change the weather once. Right? Tomorrow you got family coming over. Maybe you want to go outside and nice, beautiful day. Try to change that. Try to add an hour to your life. Jesus said, try to grow hair on your head. Or something that's maybe... More practical, try to prevent yourself from anything bad ever happening to you. Or something even more personal, try to heal yourself. You know, if you talk to a doctor, they say they can't heal you, right? All a doctor can do is cause injury. They can cut and take things out, but they cannot heal you. Only your body can, and through that, it's God. You are completely helpless. There is nothing I can do to make my lungs heal any faster. I just have to be patient. We're helpless. And we hate it. And then we're told to be content in your weakness. We're told to boast in our weakness or to be thankful in our weakness. And how how do you do that? Well, Paul pleads with God. He says, I'm feeling really weak, right? I've got this Thorn in the flesh. God, take it away. Please, take it away. Take it away. And God doesn't take it away, but God comes to him and says, my grace is sufficient for you because my power is made perfect in weakness. And at the very end, Paul says, when I'm weak, I'm strong. My my paraphrase of that is Paul's crying out to God saying, help me, I'm weak. I'm not strong enough to overcome the sin in my life i'm not strong enough to endure this trial and difficult me help lord and the lord looks at him and says you're right you're not strong enough you can't do it but i am my grace is strong enough trust me have faith and you'll experience my strength And it's interesting, as I thought about these verses, because these are really popular verses. You see them all the time, right, in in Christian literature. The, when I'm weak, then I'm strong, is really popular. Or the, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, right? These are all, um, they're really good, powerful verses. But I see them misused a lot, where a lot of people are feeling weak and beat up. And they come to these verses, and they just almost repeat them like, like a Buddhist mantra, like, I feel weak, but I'm strong. When I'm weak, I'm strong. When I'm weak, I'm strong. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And they, they almost feel like if they just keep repeating it over and over and over again, they're just going to like jazz themselves up and become strong. Um, but as I thought about it this week, um, aren't they trying to do the exact opposite of what the verse is saying? They're not content in their weakness. They're trying to overcome their weakness. They're not boasting in their weakness. They're they're unhappy in their weakness. And so it's this I'm weak and I need to be strong, Lord. So I'm just going to keep doing this until I become strong. And another thing, I, um, one correction in the midst of all of this uh, I think it's important. Uh, something that we say in the church a lot, something that I've said a lot is that our trials are like a weight training exercise, right? When you go out to lift weights, you, you lift weights and you break your muscles down, right? And then they slowly build back and they build back stronger. And so we like to use that analogy about trials in our lives, right? Like, Jason, you almost died and this is a, a tough time and, and uh, it's going to break you down, but God's going to come out of it stronger. And that's kind of true. But again... As I thought about this week, what's the focus of all of that? You're going to be strong. It's not on our weakness. It's almost like we twist the verse to say, well, our strength is made perfect from our weakness, rather than God saying, no, it's my strength is made perfect in your weakness. And maybe it seems like a subtle nuance, but it's a really big deal that I actually don't think our trials... And weaknesses, they aren't designed to strengthen us. They're actually designed to strengthen our faith. To strengthen our reliance on God. Uh, that's how God's power is made perfect in us. Not, he doesn't necessarily strengthen us. We are still weak, helpless people, but we have a strong and powerful God and we throw ourselves at His feet and He carries us through anything that comes our way. And God's power is made perfect because it just shines brightly through all of our weaknesses. And it's powerful. And actually accepting our weakness allows us to enter in to do things that look like we're really strong on the outside. But if we sit and rely on our own strength, if we think, well, I'm strong enough to make it through this. I'm strong enough to get through this trial. Let me tell you, you're going to face something that you are not strong enough to make it through. And let me also tell you, God will be the one to put it there (laughs) to make sure that you're humble. But if you think that you're strong enough and all of a sudden you come to a spot where you're not strong enough, your whole world comes crashing down and you curl up in the fetal position. Because relying on your own strength isn't strength at all. It's actually weakness. And I was thinking of this, this time in my life where this became really real to me. It was... Quite a while ago now, um, one of my friends committed suicide, Um, and he left his wife, who was pregnant with a two-year-old child. Um, He was a friend of mine, um, but his wife was like a little sister to me, and so it was really, really tough. And she was struggling, and she kind of went off and locked herself in her room and, and wouldn't talk to anybody for a day or more. Um... And eventually I got a phone call from her dad and he said, I don't know why, I don't understand it, but she wants to talk to you. You're the only one she's going to talk to. Now, contrary to popular opinion, pastors don't have the answers. <laughs> and pastors don't really always know what to say. What are you going to say in that moment? God's going to use this for the good. No, and you don't, I don't know what to say in that moment. And so I'm sitting there thinking, why does she want to talk to me? I'm struggling with this. I I don't even know how to. I'm still trying to process what happened. I'm broken. I'm weak. I have no idea what to say. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't think I'm even sensitive enough to, to help her through this. I'm kind of blunt and I don't know. And I was just made painfully aware of my weakness and my helplessness to actually help her. But I went. Why? Because I was good enough, strong enough? No, because God put it on my heart, you get your butt over there. I'm like, but I can't. It doesn't matter. You go. And as you go, I prayed my tail off. Lord help me. Lord help I just I didn't know even what to pray. I just said, help, 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 help. As I went to open the door, Lord help. Now, if I would have relied on my own strength in that, I never would have went. Because I'm not strong enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. But the fact that I went. I am a helpless and weak person, but my God is with me. He will carry me through. He will give me the words to say. He will use me in some way. I will go. And the fact that I was willing to be thankful for my helplessness brought me into this part, the situation that was painful and difficult, and God used me. And at the core, that's what it looks like to live by faith. Faith is acknowledging our helplessness, but trusting our God to give us strength for every breath and every single step we take. And God does it over and over and over again. We find ourselves in positions where we have to have a conversation with somebody that we feel totally unequipped, totally unable to, no idea what we're going to say. You, say. you go into it saying, I'm weak. Lord, thank you that I'm weak you've helped me in the past with this kind of stuff. You pray to God, say, "Help me now." And then you go and then you take the next step. You say, "All right, I prayed for God to give me strength. I'm going to trust him to give me strength to do that." And then I'm going to trust him to give me strength to do that. And then you walk in situation and God's there. It's the same thing with difficult situations in our life. We come into situations and we're like, "I don't know how I'm going to make it through this. I'm not strong enough." I don't have strength. I don't have enough money. I don't know what the future is going to hold. You say, I'm helpless. I'm weak. And thank you, Lord, that I'm weak. But you're not. And so I trust you. You've helped me in the past. I'm going to trust you to help me now. So help me make it through this. And then you get off your knees and you take another step. And you trust God to give you strength for that step. And you do it over and over and over and over again throughout your whole life. And God uses his people is weak, powerless people by faith to do massively powerful and strong things. And as we do that more and more and more, our faith gets strengthened, and we have this ability to experience the truth that God's power is truly made perfect in our weakness. Let's come to God in prayer. Lord, we thank you for your patience with us. Um, if we were truly honest with ourselves, we would recognize that we are just specks of dust in the cosmos and we don't, <laughs> we are nothing in comparison. We are not as strong as we think we are, and yet we continue to exalt ourselves and lift ourselves up over and over and over again, and even exalt ourselves and lift ourselves above you, Father, and you. Patiently bring us back down and remind us, No, I am your God and you are my people. We thank you for your faithfulness. And Lord, we, we just confess our sins of pride and arrogance and how often we look to ourselves and our own strength to move forward. And Father, we just we thank you for the forgiveness that you bring, that we don't have to be stuck in our our confession, but you forgive us and then you empower us to live the lives you've called us to live. And so, Father, we pray that you would empower us as we leave here. Give us strength to continue to do the work you've called us to do. Give us strength to truly rest in and be content in and be thankful for our helplessness. And give us strength to truly open our lips to sing praise and glory and honor to you. And all God's people said, Amen. That's all we have for this week. Stay tuned next week when we interview Matt Ford. But until then, don't forget, this is Christ's church, and he bought it with his blood. We've been warned that wolves will come in trying to destroy the flock. So keep a close watch on your life and on your doctrine. Preach the word in season and out of season, and keep fighting the good fight in this messy reformation.